And sometimes, I bet being a mom, you feel like um, that they are the lowest valleys. And you're just praying, God, like you haven't failed yet, please don't fail me now. Um, and I was uh, struggling this week with Mother's Day sermon and, and what to preach, because I always do, um, uh, with those topics. And so today I'm really not preaching a Mother's Day sermon. Um, and it's not because I don't love you all, I do. Um, but I think if I preach a Mother's Day sermon, what happens is it communicates to about 50% of people. Um, and for some of them, um, like Mother's Day isn't, isn't really that great for them. Like they, they lost a mom or they're, they're, they're struggling with infertility and they want to be a mom. And um, so, um, so about Thursday, I changed my mind and thought we're going to start a brand new series today um, called uh, We the Church. And I'm going to tie that into Mother's Day uh, really the best that I can. Um, and today we're going to talk about that we, we need to have a bold faith. And, and moms, I'll just tell you one of the greatest things that I think that you can do for your children is to have bold faith is to have a, a great faith and pass that on through the generations. As I was trying to come up with a Mother's Day thing, I thought, man, what are some of the best lessons that my mom taught me? And one of them was, um, was, was hard work. Um, she went through a, a very bad depression after my parents divorced, and um, like she, she went out of her house um, to, to go two places, to work and to church, because she had to. And that, that just that work ethic that she put in me, just seeing that day after day, getting up when I know that she didn't want to, to go and work and to, to try to provide and, and take care of things. And the second was, was church. And she had such great faith, even in her lowest points in her life, that God would come through. And, and even at times um, when, um, like what, there was several years uh, when my parents were married that, that my dad worked third shift and he'd work weekends so he wouldn't get up and come to church. Like she would get three of the wildest boys you'd ever seen in your life up and drag us to church. Like she, she would pull us in there. And, and I loved it. And, and that's why, why I, I am one of the reasons why I'm where I am today is because she had this faith that, hey, like even if I have to go alone, I'm gonna make sure that these kids get there. And, and another thing, um, that she did, that all of those years, like growing up, and like, I never heard her say one bad thing about the church. And that's why I love the church today. Like, it, it was uh, amazing to me, because when they were going through a divorce, like, honestly, the church wasn't very nice to her. Like, they, like they weren't. And looking back on it, like, there are some of those guys that I'd like to have a conversation with. But, but I haven't. But I never heard her speak bad of the church. And that, that's why, like, I love the church today, I think. I have so many parents and, like, my kids, I just can't get my kids to come to church. Or they're, they're growing, they won't come to church. And honestly, it's because every Sunday for 15, 16 years of their life, they've heard you go home from church and speak ill of it. And they, they grow up and they think, why in the world would I want to go there? And they walk away. But I'm thankful that my mom didn't. That she spoke so highly of the church and that she had faith um, really in God, but also in me. That from a very early age, she spoke into my life saying, hey, that, that's my preacher. I have five years old, that's my preacher. And, and I was. And so today we're going to talk about faith. And, and we're going to talk about big faith or great faith that makes us take some bold steps in our life. And in this series, we, we the church, um, what I'm going to talk about is that, that we have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Like, it's very personal. We have to, each have to make that decision on our own. Um, but the problem that we have is that we, we take personal when we make it private. We think it's all about me. 
Like it, it's that I don't need to share this. I don't need to do this. I don't need to. Um, but I believe when we look at the scriptures, it's not only a personal relationship, but even more important that we have a shared relationship with Jesus Christ, that we share that with, with one another. And so over the next few weeks, I'm going to look at what God's calling is uh, in our life as the church, because we are the church. It's not this building. Like last night, this building was an FFA banquet. On Friday night, this building was a overnighter for post-prom kids. It's not this church. It's we as the church. Like, so I've been praying specifically, because I knew I was going to start this series. I thought it was going to be next week, though. Um, but I've been praying specifically that God would build your faith. Um, and that as God builds your faith, he would build our faith uh, together. Because there's something that happens when we come together as the church. Like, you can... You can pray on your own, and that's powerful. But when we pray together, like it becomes more powerful. Uh, same with worship. Like you can worship in your car. And, and some of you do. I've seen you. Like you worship in your car like crazy. And the reason you do that is the same reason you pick your nose in your car. It's because you think, you think there's an invisible shield there. Um, and so, so you worship in your car. But when we come together and we worship and we sing together, like that's powerful. So I've been praying that God would, would build your faith uh, in, in our church, in your life. And, and quite honestly, like I want to tell you, for some of you, this message should stir some of you to take a, a bold step of faith. Um, that, that your faith would be so great that you will take a bold step that people will look at you and say, I don't know if you should be doing that. Like, I, I don't know if that's a good idea. But, but a year from now or five years from now or 10 years from now, you're going to look back at this moment and you're going to think, that was when I took that big step of faith. It was when I had enough faith to take that next step in my life. And I want to start off this message really by laying a quick foundation and looking at two different stories in the, in the Gospels. And, and what's interesting in these stories is what you're going to see is you're going to see that Jesus is amazed two different times. And he was amazed for two different reasons. In fact, he was amazed on opposite ends of the spectrum. The first story that we're going to talk about is uh, Jesus was in his hometown and he was teaching and some people were offended. Like they're like, who does this guy think that he is? He's just the son of a carpenter. Uh, he, he shouldn't be saying these kinds of things. And he was amazed at something in Mark's gospel. It's in Mark chapter six, verses five and six. It says he could not do any miracles there meaning Jesus, except lay hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. So then Jesus went around teaching from village to village. Like he was amazed. He was blown away. He was astonished or shocked or stunned by their lack of faith. The second story we're going to look at is in Luke's gospel. And there was a centurion uh, who Jewish people would have hated at the time. Like, because all of the cruel things that the centurions were known for. And this centurion, he had a sick servant uh, that was dying. And so the centurion sent someone to go get Jesus and, and say, hey, hey, Jesus, come to this guy. And Jesus met the centurion on the way. And the centurion simply said this. He said, you don't need to go to my house to pray. You can just do it from here and my servant will be healed. And in chapter nine, verse seven, 
It says this, when Jesus heard this, he was what? Amazed. And turned to the crowd following him, he said, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. So Jesus was amazed by two things. He was amazed by a lack of faith and he was amazed by great faith. Two different times. And here's a question. If Jesus looked at your level of faith, like those things that you are attempted, um, attempting for his glory, those things that, uh, that, that are going to change the world, and how bold is your faith? Would he be amazed by, by the things that you're attempting and trying to do for him? Or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? And that's a great question to wrestle with. And in fact, I just, I just want to kind of help you be really honest. And I'm going to ask you in a moment to kind of rank your faith somewhere between one, one being the lowest, and 10 being the highest. And in order to be semi-accurate, what I want you to do is I just want you to look over the last week of your life, just the last week, the last seven days. Like, that's easy to remember. That's easy to think about. Like, what great faith steps have you taken in the last week? Did you attempt something that was so bold, so daring, that if God didn't come through for you, like there's no way it could have ever happened? And if so, you're gonna be up on that higher end. If you're not, you're gonna be on that, that lower end. Think about your prayer life for a minute. What did you pray for last week? Imagine this, if God answered every single prayer that you prayed last week with a yes, and it was immediate, like, I mean, you prayed it and God was like, poof, there it is. Like you asked and it was yes, 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 yes. What would be different in the world? And for some of you, like if you're like a, an eight or a nine, like, I mean, there would have been a lot of people healed from cancer. Like there might've been a child that was adopted into a family. Um, there might've been people in your circle of, of influence, your relationships where marriages were healed or, or prodigal children came home. Like there would have been some really cool things happen in the world because of what you prayed last week. Some of you, if you look back over the last week, like your food, food would have been blessed, right? Or you would have made it to, to grandma's house safely, which is always funny. Like give us traveling mercies, help us get to grandma's. And when 99.9% .9 of the time you're gonna get there anyway, well, God put angels around us as we travel. Like, and, and what else? Like, I don't know, your five dimples would be gone. And... Uh, because he answered your prayers. Now, what would be different in the world if God answered every single prayer you prayed with yes? Like for some, there would be nothing different in the world at all because you didn't pray a single prayer and you didn't, and I'm not here to beat you up over that, and you didn't attempt anything that would be bold or daring for the kingdom. So would God be amazed at your great faith or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? just by looking at what you prayed last week. Here's what I believe. I believe as, as a church, as we the church, our calling is to have great faith that moves us to bold action. And so inspire us to, to, inspire us to take a hold of, of that and have some bold faith steps. I just wanna look at three uh, faith-filled facts today that will help you build your faith and hopefully encourage you to, to follow God's direction for your life. And the first one, if you're taking notes, is this, and it's very important to understand, and that says, you cannot play it safe and please God. You cannot play it safe and please God. 
In fact, the, the writer of Hebrews um, says this in, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, the great, great faith chapter in, in the book of Hebrews. He said, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. In other words, if you can do everything within your own power and you never need the power of God and you're never stepping out and trying to do something bold, like it is impossible to please God. The challenge is, I think sometimes in our part of the world, especially, is that people tend to, to glorify faith. They think, okay, you've got great faith and you're always going to have a faith face. Like you're, you're never going to doubt. You're never going to have a bad day. You're just always going to be floating on this cloud of, of eternal faith. And the reality is, though, that sometimes faith is messy. It's not always constant. It's not always incredibly clean. There may be some moments where you have great faith, and the next moment you have no faith at all. Like you're overwhelmed with doubt. And sometimes you feel like, hey, God really spoke to me. And other times you're like, I'm not sure if that was God or the burrito. Like, <laughs> and it's hard to follow sometimes. Like, it's hard to follow sometimes a God that you don't see and you have to take these steps of faith and it can be very, very messy. And that's why it's called faith. Because it's not proven what's gonna happen. You know, one of the greatest examples of this in the Bible is Peter. Like all of the disciples, they were in a boat um, and Jesus walks up on water and he's like, hey, anybody wanna join me? And Peter, the, the crazy guy, gets out of the boat and he starts walking on water. And everybody criticizes him. Like, hey, Peter failed. He looked at the winds and the wave and he sank. There was 11 guys that didn't even get out of the boat. Like, he got to do something that, that no one other than Jesus had done. He walked on water before he failed. And so often our fear of failure keeps us from taking a step of faith. Because people often think that failing means that I missed God. Like what I've discovered is sometimes the failing is the first step to discovering God. Never let the fear of failure prevent you from taking a step of faith. You know, what's, what's gonna happen if I get out of the boat? I don't know. All I know is that you have to step out to find out. That you, you have to move. And I don't know who this is gonna speak to, but some of you, you're playing it safe. And you cannot play it safe and please God. Like I would even argue that, that if you're not failing every now and then, you're playing it way too safe. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Would God be amazed at your great faith? Or would he be amazed at your lack of faith? So principle number one is this, you cannot play it safe and please God. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is this. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. As long as you have a guarantee, you don't have faith. The writer of Hebrews said this in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and the assurance about what we do not see. It's the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us, us assurance of things that we cannot see. The problem for many of us is that we want a guarantee. I want a guarantee. And I was gonna play a tip, uh, clip from Tommy Boy, but, but I won't about guarantees. <laughs> like, like I, I need a guarantee. Like it was like, like when I was in middle school 
And, and some of you will remember this. Some of you, you're there right now. Like, and, and you were, wanted to go with somebody. Like, we never went anywhere, but, but we were going together. Like, we wouldn't even go to recess together because she was a girl. Like, but you, but you always asked the friend first. You were like, hey, if I ask her out, what, would she say yes or no? Go, go ask her first. And one time a girl said, maybe. And I'm like, that ain't good enough. Like, I need a yes or a no before I ask. And, and the reality is sometimes when we're, when we're dealing with God, is that sometimes the box is maybe. God, I think you're calling me to do that, but I'm not sure. Is, is it you, God? How, how do I know? How do I know? How do I know? Like, listen, you can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. You can have faith or you can have control, but you, but you can't have both. Sometimes you just have to say, hey, I think God's calling me to do this, or I hope God is calling me to do this. I believe God's calling me to do this, even when the box is checked, maybe. So you can have faith or you can have control, but you can't have both. Some of you are gonna have to let go of control in order to take a step of faith. Like as a church over the, next, over the future, like we've been planning and talking and, and thinking, like we're gonna do some things. Listen, that I don't know how they're gonna turn out, honestly. But it's not because I haven't prayed. It's not because we haven't thought. It's not because we haven't studied. It's because God just says maybe. Like sometimes you just have to step out and say, God, I've gotta step out to find out. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but someone's going to start a business or someone's going to start a ministry and you want a guarantee. God, what are steps three, four, and five going to look like? And God's not going to show you three, four, and five until you take steps one and two. Like there are no guarantees. You follow God and the only guarantee is that God will prove himself faithful. The only guarantee is that God is a good God and he wants what's best for his children. And if you step out in faith, he's going to bless it somehow. Someone here, you've been praying about asking somebody out. You've got to ask her out to find out. You've got to ask her out to get married. Again, when you do, because God used me, when you get married, you name your firstborn son Josh because I helped you get some action. Like, like, I built your faith. Like, you have to take some faith risks. You cannot play it safe and please God. You cannot have control and have faith. Um, so the, the third one is this, to step toward your destiny you're going to have to step away from your security. But what's going to happen? How's it going to end up? Like if you knew all that, you wouldn't have faith. It's exactly what, what Abraham did. In one of the craziest, I think, faith-filled stories in all of the Old Testament, and it's actually talked about in the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, verse 8. It says this, by faith... Abraham, when called to a place he would later receive as an inheritance, obeyed and went, even though he did not know where he was going. He had no clue. He just had to go. He just had to take a step of faith. And when you take a step of faith and you keep your eyes focused on the author and the perfecter of our faith, suddenly by his power, you're not walking by sight anymore, but you're actually just walking by faith. And without faith, it's impossible to please God, but great faith pleases God in a great way. So would our God be amazed at 
your amazing faith? Or would he be amazed that you have access to all his power, access to, to his throne room, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you have been filled with the Holy Spirit of God, like the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, you have access to go to God and ask him for anything. Would he be amazed by your great faith or by your lack of faith? How will this play out in your life? I believe it plays out individually for all of us. And I believe it'll also play out corporately for us as a church. Like I believe that God's gonna speak to some of you and you're gonna take a, a bold step of faith. And I believe that God's gonna speak to our church and as you're taking bold steps of faith, we are going to take steps together as well. For you as a follower of Christ, listen, you may have to, to take a faith step to, to share your faith with someone that, that doesn't know Christ. Maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a boss, maybe it's somebody you work with, um, and you know they really need the truth, but you're not sure what's going to happen if you share with them. Like, they may, they may turn their back on you. They may walk away. And when you decide to share your faith with them, that box may say, maybe. Are they going to respond positively? Listen, I don't know. But when you do, your faith will be built because you've obeyed God and you've put your trust in him. Some of you, you're gonna tithe for, for the very first time in your life. Like you've heard it, you've, you've thought about it, and you've made excuses, and suddenly you're gonna do something that honestly makes no rational sense. But you're gonna return 10% of what God blesses you with back to him through, through his church. And suddenly, if your number was a two, you're gonna see that God provides and you're gonna go to a five or a six, and you're gonna realize that you can do more with 90% with God's blessing than you could with 100% without it. Some of you, you're gonna step out and, and maybe start a, a small group. And in the back of your mind, you're thinking, man, am I good enough? Do I know enough? What, what's gonna happen? Will anybody show up? And several months later, you're gonna sit back and say, hey, this is my favorite. This is the best thing in my life. Like I'm pouring my life into others that I'm sharing life around God's word. We're growing together spiritually. Like I'm so glad I took that step of faith. Some of you, you're going to serve in, in youth ministry or KCC Kids. You may serve in youth ministry and think, well, like I'm not cool enough and, and can I connect with them? And you're probably right. But, but suddenly you're going to get in there and you're going to realize, oh my gosh, these kids have so much potential and some of them have so much passion for Christ and some of them are so messed up and, and they're cutting themselves and they're sexually confused and they're depressed and they're, they're coming from broken homes and you're gonna wake up six months from now and, and you're gonna go, this is the best part of my life that God is using me to impact the next generation. Some of you, God's gonna call to serve in, in KCC Kids and you're gonna serve in the two-year-old room and you're gonna be with tiny little crazy crackheads and, and it's going to take great faith because they're in there and they're everywhere and there's more of them than there are of you and you need God's help. Like some of you, like you're going to start a business and you don't know what's going to happen. You're going to have to take a step of faith. Some of you, you're going to feel called to tell your story maybe in, in a book and you're wondering, will anybody read it? I'm here to honestly tell you, maybe not. Who knows? There's no guarantee you have to step out to find out. Some of you, there's, there's a ministry in sight. There's something that's been burning inside of you for a long time. And when you take a step of faith, your faith is not, the, it may not be the outcome that you want, but your faith is in the faithfulness of God that he's gonna provide. And suddenly as you grow in your faith, and as we grow in our faith, 
all of a sudden we start to see that we are the church and when we gather together, our faith can touch the heart of God. So church, we're not gonna sit back. Listen, we're thinking big. Like we are, we're still gonna reach a thousand people in here on a weekend. Like we're thinking big. Because listen, our God did not give us a small commission, but a great commission. That everyone would know him and that the gospel would be preached all around the world. So listen, don't ever, ever, ever let me hear you say the church is too big. Listen, if you think the church is too big, your love for people is too small. As long as there is someone who does not know Christ, the church is not too big. Like, I don't see our church even as big. I see it, I see the need in the world as big. I see the people that are, that are in your families, that are, that are in your work circles, that are your friends who, who are living apart from Jesus Christ. I see that as the biggest need that we have. And we have a great vision that we're going to reach all of those people. And I believe that God wants us individually and corporately to think big because faith pleases the heart of God. And when God looks at you or God looks at our church, I want him to be amazed at our great faith. Because I believe with all my heart that in the next year, like our God wants to do exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever ask. More than we could ever think, more than we could ever imagine, according to his power that is at work in his church. So that we would be glorifying to him and so that the world would come to know who he is. I'm gonna ask you to stand and I'm gonna pray and our band's gonna lead us in this uh, last song. But I really want you to think about what, is God amazed at how great your faith is? Or is he amazed at your lack of faith? And that can change right now. Just by your willingness to take that next step of faith. Father God, today, God, we thank you so much for all that you've done uh, in our lives. And we could, we could pass a microphone around and, and hear, God, how, how much we've been blessed. We could, we could pass it around and, and hear how much we've been, we've been hurt or how many times we've come up short. But God, one thing is we're confident that you're always faithful. God, we're confident that even, even when we're not 100% sure what that next step is, that by faith, God, you're gonna bless it even if it's the wrong one. So God, I pray that we would have faith like Peter had to, to step out of the boat even when we don't know the outcome. To have faith to step out of the boat even, even if we know we might fail. God, I pray we'd have faith like Abraham had to just go in the direction that you've pointed us and walk and take the next step of faith each time until you say you're here. And Father, today I, would, I pray that you would clearly show us what, what next step is, is in, in store for us. That what do we need to do next? Maybe it's, maybe it's baptism, maybe it's service, maybe it's sharing the gospel. Like God, I don't know, but I pray that you would make it clear to each and every one of us what that next step is. God, we thank you for Jesus who had such great faith in you and in your plan that he was even willing to die for us. It's in his name that I pray, amen.